Welcome to season seven of the Making a Marketer podcast with your hosts, Megan Powers with Powers of Marketing and Jen Cole with Gretemann Group and Xstand. This show is for all levels of experience, talking marketing, business, and branding with the brightest of minds as our guests. Lots of learning and laughing. Here we go. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 136 of the Making a Marketer podcast. I'm Megan Powers with Powers of Marketing. Delighted to bring this show to you today, of course, along with my friend, Jen Cole. Hi, Jen. Hello. How are you today? I'm doing all right. You can tell anyone who's been listening for a while, I get conference voice. Mm-hmm. I lose it. It's It could be worse. I don't sound yeah. too like rock star-ish no, not um, the like I usually do. But <laughs> I did just get back from having been in Vegas eight out of 10 days, two different conferences. And so Whoa. that does a number on me, you know, between the smoke and the lack of sleep and the talking and the talking and maybe a little bit of drinking <laughs> in Vegas. It's just what happens. So... <laughs> You don't Um, say. Yeah. Well, and today (laughs) is officially my last day of my contract, the company that I've been working with. So I'm officially a free agent. Um, after today, right. which is exciting. I'm very at peace with my decision and uh, look forward to figuring out what's next. So speaking okay. of that, our guest today is going to help us all figure out what's next. I made this friend in an online community and I'm really excited to welcome Jody Knittel to the show. Welcome, Jody. Hi, thank you. I'm excited to be chatting with you and I'm excited that it's your last day. Those ones are always a uh... A fun jump off moment. I call them an, from Steve Farber calls them an oh shit moment, an OSF. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and awesome. I, Jody and I connected because I had just given my notice and I was like, does anybody know anyone who needs, you know, it's kind of like, I'm a, I, and I was, you know, pretty excited about the fact that I had made the decision. So let me read Jody's bio. Joey Knittel is a human resources professional with a history of success influencing the strategic direction of organizations. She offers exceptional ability to quickly assess employee strengths and weaknesses in building teams aligned with organizational visions. Recognized as a trusted partner to business stakeholders and excels at driving cultural transformation to further organizational growth, Jody intuitively identifies high-quality talent through recruiting efforts, which is critical to advancing the missions of companies. She plays a vital role in developing business strategies and delivering critical support to executives and employees, and she has a talent for uncovering business drivers that deliver a significant fiscal impact. Clearly, we are in good hands today. Yeah. Yeah. Jen, why don't you kick us off? All right. So I always like to start from the very beginning. So let's do that today. Uh, Let's start (laughs) with how you ended up working in human sources to begin with. And then what got you to that point in your career in terms of being an independent professional? Okay. So I actually was going through the course catalog back in the day when it was a book and I circled all the classes and the entire book that looked most interesting and then went back with stickies and tagged them all and then looked at the one that had the most stickies in it. And it happened to be business management and human resources. Oh, wow. So I went, well, I guess that's my major. If those are all the classes I want to take, that's how I picked my major. It started off in political science because I wanted to be a judge and go into politics. Oh, cool. And after the first semester of that and dealing with a political action 
group on campus. It was not, I went like, oh, politics <laughs> was not what I thought I wanted to get into. So um, I went into HR and finished the studies there. Uh, started working for this upstart company um, that everyone, you know, my group of friends and family thought it was crazy to go to work for, which was Discover Card, and uh, got on in on the ground floor. And as soon as there was an opportunity to move into human resources, and I took it and helped staff that organization up in two call centers nice. and ended up doing headhunting and placing automotive engineers around the world. So wow, I specialize in noise, vibration, and acoustic engineer. So we won't go off into that tangent, but it's- That's really cool. Yeah. It's not the audio systems. It's how the car sounds. So Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And then I did that for, geez, from 1992 to 2010, 11, and decided I was- you know, doing various forms of recruiting in between there and decided I was ready for a change. I had kind of distilled it down to 10 questions I'd ask everyone and uh, launched my uh, talent acquisition or HR strategy company, Tangerine Road, because I started placing these amazing engineers the third and fourth time around because they weren't being valued at the company where they were at. And here they're taking all this amazing knowledge and talent and connections that they have, and we're going to different organizations. And I thought, if I could figure out a way to help companies realize the value of their people and the ROI of engagement and how much money that they were losing by every time they you know, lost an employee and then had to hire yeah. an employee, I mean, yeah. I could get good money off of it, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just, you know, everybody would be a little bit happier and there'd be, you know, so that's how I ended up doing what I'm doing and being and owning Tangerine Road, which was, yeah, and I love it. It it, has been a ton of fun. I'm ready for a new challenge myself, much like Megan. (laughs) I'm not firing myself by any means. I've given notice many times and it's been denied, but uh, I'm I'm ready. (laughs) Yeah, wait. I've actually had those conversations in the mirror. I know that sounds crazy. <laughs> no, nope, that doesn't sound crazy. <laughs> yeah, you know, coaches, we say, you know, go to the mirror and do some mirror work. And yeah, <laughs> and I've always talked myself back into it. So, but uh, I'm looking for new challenges too. So, yeah, I can relate to that <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> I mean, I'm not to the point to a jumping off point by any means, but oh my gosh, the way I can relate to that sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as a business owner, you know, you give yourself bonuses, you have to, t- you have to like, if you do this again, I'm going to fire you, you have those conversations because you're an employee, you know. <laughs> I never have, but I totally, that's so funny. I just love, I love like thinking about it in that way. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's funny. It's a when, way to reverse the negative self-talk that you might have. So Yeah, with all. comedy. I know that like when Julie and I had to pick to media, a friend of mine, we used to have a social media company together and there were times when... <laughs> Like it became known that she fired me pretty often for, I can't remember what kinds of things, but like Jen, you're fired. If I forgot to do something, it was, oh, it was really cute and super funny, but that's just kind of how we got through. Like some of those mm-hmm. not so great things were like, I guess we're fired. <laughs> <laughs> and it, having been related to the automotive industry, especially with what's going on now with the UAW, it's a taking care of employees is important. It's, it's really yeah. expensive. And and well, it's real easy to, you know, well, we're, we're not making our number. So let go of 500 people. Those are also potential customers. They're the negative, you know, well, hey, can I trust this employer if I go to work for them? When I see that in November, they let go 10% of their staff every year. 
because that's yeah. getting rid of the deadwood. Whoever the lowest people are, whether they're top performers or not, or they just had a bad year, they're let go. So that's scary. Yeah. I had a client like that that would do that. So I would canvas all of their people in the month of October. Yeah. So they had my phone number as a headhunter and then I, they would call me in November, right before Thanksgiving is when they would do this. So man, that's yeah. rough. But that's why, yeah, that's why I do what I do. So I understand what's on the market. And I've been through a couple of recessions with head, as a headhunter. And so how do you market yourself and how do you hire people when you just, you know, how do you find those people when it's a tough labor market like it is now? Yeah. Well, speaking Absolutely. of tough labor market, we're definitely going to get into that. But I just, I want to touch a little bit on, we, I mentioned, I met you, Um, it's the, Leapjin Mercer has a weekly online event. I met you on that last month. And Jason Averbrook and Jess Von Bank, hopefully future guests, are the hosts of that show. So today we talked a little bit about hard skills versus soft skills. And the idea being that I guess hard skills are learned, but can have a shelf life of like two and a half years, apparently. But and soft skills can be trained. But I've always felt like soft skills are who you are as a person, like whether you're an empath or someone who's flexible, adaptable, for example. But it's the hard skills that stand out and get keyword searched when you're on your resume. So like, what are your thoughts on this? And which do you think people should focus on sharing more of? Like those keyword search systems aren't looking for soft skills being indicated in a resume, are they necessarily? They can be. They're looking for leadership. They may be looking for communication if somebody puts that down. Negotiation would be one. They may look for team player, but pretty much everybody does that. I don't like calling it hard skills and soft skills. Simon Sinek calls it work skills and human skills. Hmm. Because those things that are considered soft skills are your ability to work with others, your ability to problem solve, your ability to be creative, your ability to work under pressure, to work independently or to work with a team. So yeah, it's hard to find, it's hard to necessarily say that. That's what's really the interview process is for, is to look for the human skills, uh, the resumes and the ATS and the automatic, you know, the key searches, they're looking for what was put into based off a job description. And so a lot of times managers will put everything on the job description. And they'll use that for doing those searches. And some there's some antiquated systems that are out there that just search for everything. There are more new systems that are out there that will rank those items. Like, well, they have to have this, they have to have this and this and this. And if they have the top five, they'll get put in a bucket. If they get all 10, they'll get put in another bucket. That's why working mm-hmm. with a headhunter is great because headhunters can work around that ATS system because they'll contact the hiring manager, really good headhunters will contact the hiring manager directly. They'll bypass HR and they'll have relationships with hiring managers, not necessarily hiring managers, but decision makers. So vice presidents mm-hmm. and director level people. And they'll say, oh, I came across this really great candidate. And here's why I think they would be a fit for your organization based on previous conversations we've had. Yeah, well, um, we're, we're going to talk a little bit about that recruiters. Right. AKA mm-hmm. headhunters. And, yeah, and when a, I went and from HR, second, yeah, when I went from HR to headhunting, I went to the dark side and I had people that would talk to oh yeah, wouldn't talk to me anymore. Like <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. So, I mean so that's that hard side hard side versus soft side. So the, the interview is and your cover letter is where that the soft the human side comes through. Right. But I think and hiring's I, broken. We'll get into that mm-hmm. a, a little I bit absolutely. more. Oh, I one hundred percent agree with you. Hiring is broken. Yeah. Because people 
say they want all these hard skills. Like I need somebody that is, you know, has social media and has a social media presence with at least 2000 followers or whatever. They want to be a social media marketing manager Mm -hmm. or, you know, or they've, they've done certain skill sets. Well, I can be trained to do that. You know, that's not, that's not that hard to do, but being able to work with, communicate with the trolls in that particular group and how you talk to them, that's a human skill. Yeah. You don't just blow people off, but you don't get into name, you know, can this person handle the stress and the name calling, not take things personal. That's the human side of it. So I get what you're saying. I used to call it, you know, it's like dating and the ATS systems on whether it's LinkedIn or Monster or it's really Tinder because that's what HR does is they pull up a list. They'll, you know, put in their keyword search and pull up a list and Yes, I read that one. No, I don't like this one. Yes, I like this one. I mean, it's really swipe left, swipe right. And mm-hmm. the most important pe- way you hire people is by looking at the very bottom of the sheet. What are your special interests and where did you go to college? Because that'll uh-huh. say a little bit about you. you know? All right. So this is actually a good <laughs> transition. Yeah, okay. no, I mean, yes and no. I still think that also they're, the, the, the keywords are like you're calling something different than what I call it. Like I, you know, I can do that. I rarely send resumes cold. I have done that this time around a few times and I'm like, oh, and then I see they weeks later, they still have, they reposted the position on LinkedIn and I'm like, you wouldn't even give me a chance. Yeah. I'm 100% qualified for this position. Then people will tell me, oh, well, my resume is not good. Like, cause that's what someone put in the comments today. Well, cause I said, I think that hiring is broken. Amazing people are getting keyword weeded out. And, you know, there was a guy in there who was like, well, if you're getting keyword weeded out, you need help with your resume. I'm like, I didn't even answer him. I was I let them talk amongst themselves, <laughs> these other <laughs> HR people. But Jason agreed it's with a me. Game. It's a game. Yeah. It's a game. And then that's Crazy. an unfortunate part of it, that you yeah. have to put it high enough in your resume, whatever the keyword searches are. So yeah. what I tell people to do is if you're looking at a job description, copy and paste it and do a word cloud with it. And then you'll see what words are coming up. You know, an easy IA tool that you could use to say, oh, this is what I need to make sure it's in this resume. And then you flip, you, you can just add those words in and it works. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little, it it feels slimy to me, but it works. I know. But if you're doing volume, it's very hard to do that for everything. It's funny because I won't name the company, but I've applied for one of those companies that has one of those antiquated systems. But I know one of the people on the recruiting team, she's not connected to the job and I haven't heard anything. I've gotten, I've not gotten a no yet, but I haven't heard anything from them. And I'm like, oh, I didn't play the game. I totally should have played the game. Yeah. But we'll see. Anyway, I think that this is a good transition into what Jen's question yeah. is. Next question is. For sure. So whether it's for full-time, you know, part-time contract, whatever, it's it's always nerve-wracking. What are a few key tips that you can give us and our listeners for how to interview well? Oh, uh, if your interview is if it's online like this, half an hour beforehand, stop doing everything. Have your resume in front of you, the job description and a glass of water and just sit there and just read through everything again and again and again so that you know your stuff. That's the first thing because it's mindset. If you start psyching yourself out, if you're nervous or anything, or you've been running around crazy, you're going to mess yourself up. So get there half an hour early, park yourself, put on the laptop and do that. If it's in person, same thing, because just sit in the car. I tell people have your playlist. You should have five songs that you listen to. And one person that you talk to and they know that you're there so they can be your hype person. So they can hype you up and tell you how good you are. 
So these are tricks that you're not going to see other places, right? Yeah. All right. So by this time, if you're getting ready to, you've already read the job description, you've already checked them on Glassdoor, you've already checked them on Fishbowl. I don't know what there's all kinds of, you know, you've checked LinkedIn, you've done all that research, right? Whoever you're interviewing with, you want to flip the website, you want to read their LinkedIn page. I used to flip websites to see a lot of times people will link in their resume or in their other social media back to their company website. So you want to see if that's there because there might be and find out, make sure you know what their common interests are. Here's some tricks. They're going to ask you questions. You want to answer with a short, very 30 to 60 second vignette of when you did that yourself. Like don't give a hypothetical. Past performance is the best indicator of future results. So if you were doing marketing for a company and you helped roll out a program, say, you know, they're asking you, so what's your greatest accomplishment? Well, What's the most thing you're most proud of in your career? And the best way to a manager's a job is to make them money. So how are you going to make them money, save them money, or make things more efficient? So like, well, you know, I created, you know, $20,000 in no, $13,000 in 20 minutes with a group of people to start my own company. I mean, I did that, really. That's one of my highlights. Like, how did I do that? I marketed myself and why people should invest in my organization. And they wrote me checks right there. I mean, I was, I had money in hand in 20 minutes, right? So like, wow, this person can sell, I guess, right? The hardest thing to sell is yourself. Yeah. We want to say that how you make money, make money. And then you say, so I would plan that if this was the situation in your organization, I would do something similar. Never give a hypothetical as to how you would handle it. Always give, this is what I've done. Right. This, okay. And based on my performance here and my success here, this is what I would do. Does that help some? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that makes you, a lot of sense. Well, you said flip the website and this is something you said to me before and I didn't know what that meant. So would you explain to our listeners what you mean by that? I haven't done it for a while because social media is so great. I can pretty much yeah. find people on social media, but in Google you can go to alternative ways. And I think it's the website in a colon or something. I don't remember, but, and it may have changed. And you can see who's linked to the company's website. And there's a way to do that. And then you can actually put in, I think a person's name to see if they show up. But you should always Google search everybody that you're going to talk to. And even Google search them before you send an interview. I mean, before you send your resume into them. But those are some things. Find out, you know, I found out that the HR manager for this one company liked to go splunking, which is to dive Uh in holes underwater craziness. So I researched it out as a headhunter. I researched it out because I wanted to get my candidate in there because he was a five mile drive to that house, to their office. And this was his dream job. This was his dream company to work for. And so I find that out. And so I'm talking with her and I just, hey, you know, and I just happened to know that my brother had done something similar. And I went, yeah, my brother's going splunking. And I understand that you might like that too. And so like, well, one, how did I find that out? And Google was fairly new out that by that time. And I went like, well, I Googled you, you know, and <laughs> came across your social media that showed your pictures of splunking. And she went, you can do that. I'm like, yeah, let me show you. So instead of going on defense, I went into offense and how can I be of service, right? How can I be of service to you? Which is you go in with that mindset on any interview, whether it's informational or first, second, third, how can I be of service to you? How can I make your job easier? What, you know, in marketing, they always talk about what's the pain point in sales? What's the pain point? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that's one of my favorite questions to ask. You know, what's your biggest problem that you want to have resolved in 90 days that this position that I'm in for, you need me to do? 
And then you can say, oh, yeah, I've done that in this last company. And I would do this, this, and this if you know something off the top of your head. If you don't, now in your thank you note, that's where you put those one or two or max three pups of like, hey, and in the conversation with you, Mr. Smith, we talked about this challenge that you have on the first 90 days if I were to come on board. And I've given it some thought and this and this and this might help. How quickly do you think you should send the thank you note? As soon as you get home. Okay. Don't do it while you're sitting in the car. Give yourself some time to let the adrenaline sit. But yeah. before you go to bed that night, you should do that. If you're con- I mean, unless you've had a crazy interview time and then do it first thing in the morning. If you're a morning person, do it first thing in the morning, email it. But I'm going to tell you, if you can put it into a card and send it to mm-hmm. them, that's even if the card you, you, t- you type it, if you, I have terrible handwriting, I put it on a piece of paper and then I sign my name and then I stick it in the card, a thank you card, because they will keep that thank you card on their desk like forever because nobody yeah. gets our mail anymore. Yeah. Also send it via email because a yeah. lot of people, you know, depending on that generation that you're dealing with, they want that email or they want it as a text. Right. Well, yeah. And with hybrid now, it's kind of weird because some people aren't in the office. They might not get it till a week later or something. So that's another challenge, I think, generally, because I, when I worked in sales, I used to every time I met someone new at an event, I would send them a handwritten note. And I so I think that 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 was just part of my like flow before I even tried to connect with them on LinkedIn. I would send the handwritten note. But now it's harder. I mean, I think pe- more people are going back to the office. It's not just remote. It's also, it's hybrid, but that's so interesting. So yeah, you can always ask that, like, where should I send my correspondence? How do you prefer correspondence? Okay. That's and smart. it can be a question. Well, what do you mean? Well, I like to send a thank you note. You prefer, uh, you know, if you're, if you're, that way you'll know too, if you haven't found out, are they in the office or not? Right. Yeah, that's good. That's and a great you can point. always send it to, yeah, and you can always send it to HR and they'll scan it in and send it to them, but it might get pushed away. So email sometimes is the best way. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, especially nowadays. Okay, so we're gonna do a brain break. Well, it's a little uh, something that's a little less heady. And Jen came up with it this time. As many in the country are heading into colder months, um, it is colder here in San Diego. It's only a high of 70 today. So, <laughs> but we do tend to stay inside. So want to know what's your favorite way to combat the cold weather blues, Jen, since it was your question, you get to go first. Yeah. So today our temperature dropped significantly. Like we're in the forties and we're expecting a wintry mix tomorrow. And so it got me thinking, I'm like, oh gosh, here we go again. But like Mm -hmm. something that I love to do since we're often stuck inside, I like to keep my house smelling good and keep it picked up and decorated pretty so that I actually enjoy spending time, you know, at the house. So it's a positive environment. It's a clean environment. It's, you know, free of clutter and it smells amazing. Thing. I it, and I love holiday time. We'll get into yes. that, and our listeners have heard all about it. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just I like I like that's part of my like self care is keeping the house picked up. That's awesome. And she makes chili. I love making chili. Yeah, oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Jody. What about you? See, always making sure everyone has their own little snuggle blanket. So when it's uh-huh. getting cold out, everyone has their own favorite snuggle blanket, including any pets in the house. We now have a rescued 16-year-old cat. And so she has her own pillow. And I, even though we live in Arizona, now I'm looking to buy a heating pad for her because 
her new yeah. residence is laying right on my chest or trying to sit up as close as I can. I'm a great heating <laughs> blanket, but I can't move because the rule is a pad on your lap, you can't move. So. so true. And then the other thing, I mean, we do, I cook, so soups and stuff. But my favorite thing is when it, that first time it gets cold is that's when I break out the hot chocolate at night. And so <laughs> instead of doing ice creams, we do hot cocoa. And I add a little bit of cinnamon, a little bit of cayenne pepper to it. So it's like Mexican hot cocoa. Yes. So it's about, you know, it's a quarter of a tea to one of those packets, quarter of a teaspoon of cinnamon and as much cayenne as you want. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's cayenne to taste. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. So that's just, yeah, it's just a little different. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love that too. That sounds delicious. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, candles. For me is like, yeah. And I have an apple pie one that I just finished burn. I just burned through it. Like in record time, I burned through it. <laughs> I've done that but twice also, this year. <laughs> yeah. I finally busted out years ago. I bought these jack-o'-lantern lights. They're like, uh, what it like paper lights. So I strung uh-huh. those up and um, I, you know, I'm always having a blanket handy. It's funny because I do like we live in warm weather places, but also gets very cold at night in the winter months. So which is nice when it's hot out the, again during the day the next day because my place stays a little bit cooler. But yeah, snuggle blankets is always thing. And yeah, candles for sure. For sure. All right. <laughs> awesome. Jen, let's start second half. All right. So, you know, we talked a little bit about LinkedIn already. It's a place where we are often found by recruiters, uh, but it does feel sometimes like recruiters, also known as headhunters, don't have the agenda to help, you know, the prospective employee, but only to help themselves. So how can you help us understand how to work well with recruiters? So as you're getting those phone calls and emails from them, uh, pretty much emails, sometimes they'll text you. Get to know them. Mm-hmm. So when you find one that you, I would say have three, have a stable of three recruiters, and these are independent people. So to okay. clarify, a headhunter is an independent organization. They don't work for a company. They may be what's called contingent. So they only get paid once the person gets hired. Right. Starts. Those are two different things. Then there can be something called a retain search, which is the Agency gets paid a third, a third, a third, a third to start, a third 60 days in, and the third when the placement occurs. Okay. So there's two ways that they get paid. If a headhunter or a recruiter is saying, hey, candidate, you know, Megan, you're looking for a job. You need to pay me. That's not how it works. So, yes, the recruiter, because the company's doing the paying, they want to hire you right away. And it's those contract contingency recruiters that are trying to find somebody quick for a six-week contract or a three-month contract, whether it's in software or hardware or something that seem to get their working. They don't get to talk to the hiring manager. That's the salesperson or the business development person within the agency. And that's where that it's become, it's more like a money. It feels like you're just a piece of paper getting shuffled through. And so if you feel that way with them, say, hey, how can I reach you or what can I expect? And let's set some timelines for when we can talk or follow up. And if they're not willing to do that, then and you're really talented, then you put them in your B bucket. And when you find your three that you know you like, you bird dog for them. And if they're looking for somebody, say, hey, always call me. I always know people that might be looking or 
that I can refer you to those jobs. Then when they find out that you're a good candidate, you know, that you're willing to help them out, then they're willing to help you out. It's the concept of giver's gain, right? Do unto others as others wish, you know, whatever. Yeah. Golden rule. So that's one. Yeah. Yeah. Golden rule. So that's the way as an individual looking for a job that you can work with a headhunter. Working with recruiters, which are actually at that company and Mm -hmm. their part, say it's a recruiter for Google, right? So they're the talent acquisition specialist, and then they have sourcers or recruiters in their organization. And their job is just to go through all the resumes that are coming in, or maybe, and talk to people and get them lined up for interviewing. When I worked at Discover Card, we'd have 200 customer service people and 200 recollections people to hire headcounts every month when we were starting up the organization. So my team of five, we were and our, for every one person that got hired, we looked at 10 applications or resumes and we did a fine screen, but we had a pretty decent retention rate. So how that's what your turnover rate is. And that's what HR gets measured. That's a measurement for HR is what's the turnover rate, even though we don't have the ability to tell the hiring managers, Hey, you can't do that. They're going to quit if you treat them that way. Right. Yeah. So that's one of the things. So if you're talking to the somebody at the company, you can offer the same thing. Like, hey, what other jobs are you looking for? You know, if you're in marketing, you know, if you need a content writer or you're looking for somebody to do graphic arts and you know somebody, you know, you, there's a group of you that you keep in touch with and you see that they have, you know, they have these jobs postings and they're not filling them. You can talk to what well, you're talking to them and they're doing that interview with you you know, where they're doing the phone screen, say, hey, by the way, I saw that you had this job. I don't do that. But I know three people that do, or I know Susie's really good at that. And uh-huh. if you want her information, I'll get that to you. And they'll oh, go, that's awesome. Because it's, that puts you different, right? That puts you as a team yeah. player from you the- help yeah. them. Right. Yeah. Okay. yeah. How can I be a service? And then once you become a value, eventually you're going to relate. So they'll, I mean, I would have people that I wouldn't give the time of day to, right? Yeah. But then I mean, there was other people that were, you know, like they would send me the resume all the time, but ugh, this person, I wouldn't hire you to work for me. I can't in good conscience put you into a company to work for a manager. That was my yeah. test, but I can't tell them that, right? Because that's kind of against the law. So that's yeah. why you'll hear from headhunters. Like you're here from the recruiter. They'll ghost you because they don't know how to tell you, ooh, I don't like you. You know, it's a dating game, you know, and yeah. offer letters, the diamond ring for the, you know, and <laughs> will you marry me? Um, yeah. So sometimes if you're not getting it, it could be that you just haven't, you might be rubbing that one recruiter the wrong way. I've been given. Mm. Yeah. And if it's somebody that's local and you can get access to their, uh, uh, you know, and it's a job that you really want to do or a company you want to work for and whoever the hiring authority is or whoever the recruiter is, if that's, you've got to go through that. Someone in HR and you happen to see that they like, you know, a cappuccino from Starbucks and you bring it to them on a Tuesday afternoon because that's when most people are in their offices. Yeah. is typically in their offices after four o'clock on Fridays because that's when everyone dumps everything under their lap. We need this for Monday. <laughs> yeah. Right. So bring them a coffee, bring them something. And I have had people that I have refused to talk to do that. And I will sit down and have a conversation with uh-huh. them because they brought me a cup of coffee. They took that initiative. It's not stocking necessarily, but it's all in the intention, right? Yeah, a little bit of kindness never hurt anyone. That's pretty nice. Yeah. Um, So my biggest beef with recruiters has been them, even after I had an interview, not hearing back. And so 
that's like already we've already been down that road. I I had the in-person interview and it's like and it's crickets. So that's my biggest challenge. What do you think about sending a resume cold in an organization that doesn't have a job posted as a way to get your foot in the door for potential future jobs oh, they might have? I, that's what that says a headhunter what I would do. If they have if they have job postings, they may not be that means they're hiring. If there's no job postings at all, they might have a hiring freeze going on. But if they have any postings, they might need somebody. And a lot of people are moving around now. So definitely yeah. find somebody and do and send it to them. Say, you may not be looking now, but if you have when, not if, but when, you never use if, but when you have right. an opportunity, I would be interested in working at your company. I have this and this to offer you. This is how I've made previous companies money, save companies money, you know, yeah. whatever your thing is. And you should know that. And that's good to know. And if you don't know, you can do a good guess. Yeah. It's interesting because the, the flip side is also true of companies who are are in a hiring freeze, but they're still posting jobs. That's mm-hmm. frustrating because I know people at ServiceNow and people at Twilio and both of them said we have a hiring freeze right now, but yet they have jobs. Posted. Because even though you have a hiring freeze, there's always exceptions to the role. Yeah. Because somebody that's will awesome. quit and they right. need somebody now. And... So if you, that's the beauty of LinkedIn. You can find somebody that works there and don't send your resume to them, but you could say, Hey, I see that you've been here for a company, you know, for a while. I, do you have 10 minutes to talk to me about what it is that you do in your organization? Do you like it or not? You know, what you like about it? What's it like working there? Cause I'm interested in working for your organization and don't mess. You can look for somebody that does exactly what you do. Or you can look for somebody that you would typically partner with on a team. And sometimes that works better because then that person doesn't feel threatened. You know, if you're a graphic arts, if you're a marketing person, so you talk to and you write content, so you write, talk to the graphic person in the organization, then they're going to tell you a little bit more different than the marketing side of it. And usually there's an employee referral program. If somebody turns in a resume, they make money from it. Right. So, Sometimes that works. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and having them get it get it submitted versus the just sitting on it for when the position comes around. I think that is smart. Like I I reached out to a ton of people and they said they had forwarded my resume on, but I think I need to circle back with some people and say, hey, if you, you know, if you passed it along. Oh, and by the way, I'm I'm fine with understanding that it's the holidays. And so people might not be hiring right now, but hopefully they're positioning themselves to gear up for the new year, right? And it would be nice to be able to like, just at least have conversations now about what what the potential is for Q1 or or whatnot. So in doing that, then ask for, an in, ask for an informational interview and say, I'm just looking, I'm doing research on your organization. You, you have a podcast. I'm doing research on your organization for, I'm planning my podcast schedule for 2024. And I like to talk with you about it. What Ooh, you do within your organization. There's yeah. nothing wrong with it. It's true, right? So, yeah. and on the flip side, when 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 you're getting ghosted, it's primarily because people will refuse to do something that's negative. Like, think about how many times uh, you've chosen not to answer a phone call from somebody because you don't want to give them negative information. One or two, you just kind of like, oh, I just don't feel like talking to them right now because they're a time suck or an, an energy vampire or something. Mm-hmm. So here's what I tell everybody. This is a little bit out of the box, whether you're in sales or doing your own head job hunting, whatever the objection you're getting, figure out where you're using that objection in your life 
and overcome it. Like stop using that as objection. So if you're telling people, I don't have time to do this right now, and you're talking to recruiters or interviewers and they're saying, hey, I saw we just don't have time to get to it now. We're so crazy busy. Next time somebody asks you and you want to say, hey, I don't have the time to do that, change it. Make the time to do it. I know this sounds freaky weird. This is what I call my corporate woo-woo and it works. Okay. If they're not taking your phone calls, every freaking person that calls you, you answer the phone, even if it says spam, because you're changing the energy. And I realize that's kind of woo-woo, but it works. I've been in yeah. sales for years. I mean, that's what headhunting is. It's sales. I'm marketing a company. I'm marketing a candidate. I'm selling both sides and making a deal. I have four people. Sometimes there's wives and spouses and husbands and children. And I got to talk to everybody who, who else are the influential decision makers involved. So those are things that you need to know as well when you're talking I realize I'm going off. There's so many little things. This is gold. No, all super helpful, super helpful for people listening. So if somebody, if an HR person is ghosting you, say, hey, I realize you may have some negative, some not positive information to share with me. I promise to be kind with you. Please share. I'm looking for any feedback, good or bad. And whatever they say, you cannot say, well, that's not true. Da, 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 da. You say, oh, thank you very much for sharing. I really appreciate that so much. And don't say anything else. And then count to 10 and they will give you more information. Don't go on the defense with the headhunters because that's what happens to them. And people yell and scream at them. Well, that's not what I said. And why didn't I get the job? I should have gotten that job. I'm qualified, especially like for me, I can come across with my voice. I can come across very demanding. So I've had to learn how to oh, really? The sky is blue. The grass is green. I didn't get the job. Okay. Right. So, and they will call you back and they will email you back. They're afraid to tell you the bad news that you're right. Whatever. So, and if I, and and you can say, Hey, and if I didn't get it, I know somebody that does this job too, that might be interested. Please let me know. Give them a reason to call you back. Nice. Help someone. Yeah. Does that help you? I mean, it's really hard work, but yeah, it really is. It really is a trust game. Getting a job yeah. is about trust. Yeah. And once you yeah. have the trust of the person in front of you, then that, you know, it's Covey, the book, The Speed of Trust, you know, yeah. once awesome. you can build trust with somebody, then then you'll get further. For sure. Well, we are running low on time, but we do have, we're gonna have two more questions. We'll try to do them like speed round style. Jen, okay. go for it. <laughs> Sure. All right. So this, this last question that I'm going to ask you, it relates to every single thing that we've talked about already today. So we're going to pull it all together. It's being asked for, of course, for Megan. We have a lot of friends out there that are looking for um, positions right now. How do you close it? How do you, how do, how does one get hired these days? How to close it. So when you're talking to the person, based on our conversation, Jen, what concerns do you have about my ability to do this to do this job on, you know, fulfill this role on your team. So just go for it head on, just head on. Point head blank. Hey, you're doing sales. Like what yeah. concerns do you have? You know, what, what concerns do you have? If any, oh, well, I'm not really sure. We have some more people to talk to. Well, what would somebody else? That's always, well, we have other candidates. We're sure. That's great. I love competition. You know, I want to be going to show up as the best for you. What do you need to see in other people that you're not seeing in me for that I that would say I wouldn't get the job? What do you see? In, what would you need to see in somebody else that you're not seeing in me 
the other person would get the job. Yeah, that's well, I don't see where you have ever used publisher. I've never used publisher. It's not been required. However, every time I've had a position that's required a new software, I within three within 90 days, three months sounds like a long time. 90 days doesn't. 90 days is right. 90 days. I'm usually people are coming to me asking me how to use the software. Like that's amazing. What a great way to like open a, you know, go into the fact that, hey, we haven't addressed this yet, but let's talk about how quick I can learn things and how willing I am to pick things up. Because a lot of the times really great candidates are like that and that never gets discussed mm-hmm. in the interview. That's oh, that's a wonderful way to to just that's, put that out there. Right. So ask them, what does somebody else, you're going to interview five people and you're our first person. What are you looking for in the other five people that you haven't seen in me that would make them more qualified? And then oh, right, answer that, that. And then you answer that. Right. Oh, well, and well, there's nothing. You're, you're totally qualified for this job. Okay. Awesome. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. and then it's like, so now whatever, and then whatever it comes to is going to be personality. And I promise you that happens. And there are people that are less qualified that the manager, the hiring manager clicks with, gets the job. And if you don't get the job, just know it's not about you. It's just like dating. You kiss the person and it didn't work out. You know, (laughs) how many of us, we make a decision. It's now, they say, I think the new stats are within 12 seconds, whether or not we like somebody. Start checking. Every time you go to the cashier when you're checking out, find out how quickly you make a judgment about everybody standing in line. (laughs) And so that's what, and so knowing that just say, wow, okay. So how can then you change it? And just know it's not about you. And if it doesn't happen, it's meant, it's not supposed to be. And yeah, for sure. We all, we all have challenge telling ourselves that I have a lot of friends that get there who are, you know, you go through the ups and downs. Well, I want to know as our final question, Jody, what is the biggest challenge uh, that you have had in business and how did you overcome it? Oh, wow. The biggest challenge I've had in business, like in running my own business or just my whole life? Anything in, in, in related to work. And one of my biggest, my biggest things is when I'm on a team and I find out that somebody on the team is doing something out of integrity. Mm. And that's been one of my biggest business challenges is when I'm working with someone and something happens and they're out of integrity, they're stealing, they're lying. That's not something that I intentionally ever do. And if I find out that I did something in the back end, I will do my best to correct it. And so I had a situation where senior manager was doing something that was like, mm, no, that I can't. I just can't. And I I decided that it didn't go with my personal brand. And even though it was my dream job, I was, you know, I stepped out. And that happened on a Monday. I had a number of red pegs. Prior to that, I went and spoke to the person directly. And, and you know, by Friday, I turned in my notice because that was it way too heavy. And I knew it wasn't something I could turn around. I regret leaving the company. I really like the job. But yeah, that that's probably, and I've had other yeah. contracts and things like that. So where integrity is the hardest part. Yeah. And- well, I I appreciate that, that you took that step though, because that says a lot. And, and of course them doing that says so much about them. Right. Yeah. And the fact that you, that you were willing to walk away says a lot about you. So good for you. Mm-hmm. So thank you. Yeah. And I, you know, I want to treat people the way 
I treat people the way I would want to be treated. So I will tell people you didn't get the job because you just, it was a personality conflict. Yeah. Or, yeah. and they'll go, what, what, you know, like you, there was, it was just didn't work out. And, yeah. you know, and if you're ever the number two person and you're still unemployed 30 days out, call the headhunter or call them back 60 days out because the chances are the person who started may have left. Ah, that's wow. a, that's such a good it, tip. Yeah. And they're too embarrassed to call you right. because they know you're number two and they think you might be having a chip on your shoulder or something about right. it. Reach back and let them know you're still interested. I love that. Such a great tip. Well, this has yeah. been amazing. I am confident that all of our listeners and um, friends and colleagues who are looking for work right now will, will get a ton of value out of this. So thank you so much, Jody, for, for being with us today. Oh, thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Absolutely. Well, and I also um, want to remind our listeners that we have a, a brief listener survey that we would love for you to participate in. The link is in the show notes. Um, the goal is to create a two-way conversation uh, with our listeners who are willing to share. So making a marketer podcast dot com is active now and then uh but if you go to making a marketer dot podbean dot com you could click the survey link in the notes. Thank you, Miss Jen, as always. Happy fall. Happy fall to you too. It finally feels uh-huh. like it. And, and thank you, Megan. This has been another wonderful episode. Awesome, awesome. All right, friends. This has been episode 136 of the Making a Marketer podcast. And we will catch you next time. <laughs>